0: Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast, this is Chris's Corner, I'm your host Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week I'll be talking about hosts, a range of things, there's going to be a wild bumpy ride people, so believe me, it, be it's been a week, I took a week off just to... Relax, I will talk about why I took a week off uh, of podcasting past episode 100. Big landstone, milestone for me uh, and for, for the podcast to be getting over that big one, double zero. Uh, for me personally, having that consistency in life is everything. I know a lot of people who, who've talked to me about fitness. Uh, one of the first things I say, success is consistency. Success is consistency in everything. I've noticed this now in life. Like, if you're not a consistent person, if you find yourself being someone who is highest of highs, lowest of lows, in and out, in out, in and out, in, out, that will be probably one of the first things you're going to have to fix. One of the first things that I did was that I just found things that you hear successful people do, and you just implement them into your lifestyle. Reading books, you hear this all the time. A lot of people, I hear, oh, I just can't concentrate on reading a book. Some things you know are good for you but you don't really want to do like eating good food and finding the way that works for you the experience along the way is consistency and i i I put the podcast down to consistency as well but that's not uh the first thing i wanted to talk about let's talk about the rings of power lord of the rings rings of power amazon series uh that has just come out i want to get my thoughts out while they're snappy first of all i want to talk about how the series itself was perceived before it was even released so basically amazon are putting all their money they're putting all their chips on this they're put, they're placing them all. obviously they're a big company so they can afford to be able to put this amount of money into a project however what they've said what they basically said is put themselves up for a fall a little bit in somewhere or another by releasing the amount of money they invested in this project i would not have done that personally uh because the public will have a higher expectation for the quality of the writing of the show itself. This is one of the best things about The Lord of the Rings, the original series, is there were no expectations for it. There were no high hopes for this project. It was a side project by Warner Brothers. I I believe it's not. No, it might not be Warner Brothers. It, and all I know is the original like studio was Three Wing Nut, uh, which was this tiny studio that was for um, Peter Jackson at the time, and it was underneath, I believe it was that horrible gentleman who was a producer, uh, the Weinstein Brothers company who funded the, the project itself. However, my point being is this, is that there was a high expectation for The Rings of Power before it began, and one of the things that the community for this uh, what I would call the Lord of the Rings community is they've got uh, a bit of a stickler for detail. They've got a little bit of a stickler for detail and to be fair to them Tolkien has written enough content for us all to be able to get through in a lifetime or so there is enough books and stuff on the Lord of the Rings I shouldn't say the Lord of the Rings I should call it really what it is the Tolkien universe of the Lord of the Rings Uh, but Middle Earth, let's call it Middle Earth The idea of Rings of Power is it's based before both The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. The idea of the show is that it's going to be taking in uh, Similiarian stories as well as other stories that Amazon are going to be utilising throughout the show. However, what they have been talking about recently is taking the piss a little bit with the the details uh, and people are picking this up on the trailer and other uh, content before it's being released. A lot of the diversity that was being placed within the film seems to be sort of pushing towards how should we say? a leftist mindset and trying to gain a certain type of person to be able to watch the show just because of certain being certain people's gender or certain people's race being within the show. I think you need to push that out of your mind before you watch the show. I think actually the Pre show criticisms are immediately erased once you watch it. I think that actually, if you go in with no expectations, you go in to watch the show. And my, I'll give it one word one word to sum up the first two episodes of The Rings of Power is this it's fun, it's fun. It's a fun couple of episodes. If you're looking for the next Lord of the Rings, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking for even The Hobbit, I think The Hobbit can also be put under that, is that this high, high expectation of a show. Don't have that in your mind. It is going to be impossible to hit that high. There is going to be no movie show out there that is going to be able to beat the Return of the Kings Oscar nominated, Oscar winning performance of thirteen different. I think it beat the Titanic and got thirteen awards that night. There is no way that Amazon are going to be able to hit. They think they probably, they're probably in their mind think, oh yeah, we're we're going to put this amount of money in. We're going to put all the the best effects in the world into the show. It doesn't matter because you can't hit that high ever again it doesn't matter how you good. peter jackson had a period in time where the lord of the rings made sense within the period of time that it was written and it was perfectly written had the perfect like lack of unknown actors within it with a great performances from multiple people and they're trying to recreate that multiple storyline again within The Rings of Power, which I actually think is a really good idea. I actually think that the fact that they've got multiple people's storylines going on does give me the option to be able to wind through some people's uh, (laughs) scenes on the show and to be able to focus on others. I'll give you a couple of examples. You can't tell someone in the story anything about where the story's going, even if you know some juicy stuff. Gladriel comes off as a little bit of a bitch in this show, that's just, you know, clearly how they've written her she's a little bit stuck up and it doesn't come across as love when she's going after the redemption of her brother's death Spoiler alert for that, for those who weren't aware of this, I should probably put one in before I go talking about this show. But what I will say is that the writers are clearly trying to show some sort of redemption before The Lord of the Rings, because if they don't, and if we get to the end of this series, we will be questioning the writing for that character wholeheartedly. How does somebody who's a loving, almost dichotomy of light and darkness, and be a guide to the fellowship turn into kind of this warrior type she warrior it does become a little bit like "Mm, is that the right writing for that character and it does come across as a little bit forced shall we say however that's as negative as i'm going to go with this show i actually think the first two episodes are great if you look around the hobbits I love the look that they have done the the accents are uh, quite nice. It feels a little bit like a nice little reminder. One thing I would have liked is if they'd got the authorization from Peter Jackson and Howard Shore to be able to use the Hobbiton music. Uh, it was lacking, and it I didn't feel like I was in a Hobbit landscape. I, I felt like they were a, a caravan of hobbits. They were on the road. It didn't feel Like, the Hobbits we know. And maybe that's the choice that they've gone for, and maybe that's uh, something that I'm missing, and I'm going to be filled in over the next few episodes. But what I would have liked is a little bit of a different music selection for the Hobbits, as well as the other characters. It felt like there was... Uh, a little bit of a lack of thought being put into the music in the background i was really listening in because of how impactful the lord of the rings soundtrack is in comparison to all movies you think of it as alongside gladiator you think of it as alongside as pulp fiction you think of it alongside all of these high quality films that have soundtracks that really hit you on the ear and you think that that is specifically of the lord of the rings that is specifically of Hobbiton and I, I spoke with George Taylor about this it's one of those things that should be related to the Lord of the Rings but it's also something that we all love to listen to to be able to relax us and put into a calm state one thing that they've done well is they've kept that fun feeling around the Hobbits they are a curious as in the curious Hobbit song again concerning Hobbits we want to be have that mindset being played in and they've introduced great new fun characters Nori who I think adorable, lovely little Hobbit who's going to have this I'm hoping impactful role within the series as well as the other storylines. I remember with Merry and Pippin when I was younger I used to wind through the Treebeard Saga within Lord of the Rings because it it wasn't like Helm's Deep, there wasn't the action and it seems actually that a couple of the action scenes that I'm seeing with Galadriel I'm just winding through and just going to the Hobbits to Elrond and talking about Elrond and the Dwarves this was something that i didn't see coming and something that i thought is a great uh use of the lord of the rings history is incorporating keller, keller here if you haven't played the lord of the rings shadow of mordor games you'll missed out a little bit in lord of the rings lore in the sense that there's some fantastic uh characters and use of keller Brimble in there to be able to show the forging of the rings of power and how we can see a really interesting side to what can be done when the forger of the ring creates a counterpart ring and i really am intrigued to see where amazon take his character what his role is because they talk about spoiler alert here as well creating a new forge within the home of the forge masters Uh, i can't remember the name of the forge city off the top of my head Uh, i know that lindon is the home of the high elves but uh, I can't remember the forge master's name. I think it began with E. L. Eldon or something along those lines. But nonetheless, that's not important. The importance is the utilisation of Elrond, who I think the actor's really good for the part, by the way. This guy, he's done a lot of acting before. I've seen him in smaller parts. This is a great role for him. I think he really suits it. He comes off as somebody who you want to root for throughout the show. And actually, it's intriguing to see how he's going to progress into Elrond and this is what I'm really intrigued with the characters that we do know from The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit how are they going to uh, transition these characters into either further seasons or further episodes to be able to see the growth so we've got this starting point now where I don't think it's fair for everybody to be able to put out a amazon shitting on Tolkien's grave opinion basically I think that's not a good idea I think we need to uh move move a little bit forward with an open mind for the show and to be able to have the opportunity to say right let's put apart the stuff we thought about the show before and, and actually is it a good show is it fun and i, I want you to focus in on that word because when i was watching the interaction between elrond and durin i was like yes This is it. This is the equivalent of Gimli and Legolas in previous form. They've utilised that chemistry, they've found two new characters with a completely different storyline, with a really nice, wholesome way to be able to introduce two characters that we've listened to and we've heard words of in previous Lord of the Rings lore, and we see it within this show. And that was really nice. There's also a little bit of secrecy happening in the background with Durin. And I love that. And I love the fact that they're even potentially bringing in the heart of the mountain for khazad And we could potentially, potentially see, I'm hoping, a Balrog of Morgoth. And that excites me. So if Amazon do do that and they incorporate these little sprinklings of lore, they do that. It's truly uh, a a fun ride we're going to be on. really is. I I genuinely have high hopes. Like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, they aced it, right? Most Star Wars fans after that show watched it and they were so happy. I saw it on the internet. I was keeping tabs all over. It's not got as much negative feedback before it was released, though. So this is the difference. What I have noticed is maybe because most of the Lord of the Rings fans are nerds, like hardcore nerds when it comes down to these sort of things, and this is myself included, when they see a female, strong female character being incorporated or some diversity, it seems to be a little bit uh, pushback on that. But let's not think about that too much. Let's think about the fun storyline that you're going to play with. And I'm hopeful to see what happens. I'm also really intrigued to see where they take the story. Let's hope that they can develop these characters further and keep a fun light-hearted vibe to the show uh, as well as have a similar feeling towards the orcs as you did in in, in the hobbit where they're not part of the story quite yet they're hidden in the background they're a little bit like Sauron the mentioning of the name the build-up And I hope that they utilize that build up, that mystery around the enemy to be able to actually have a really good uh, battle scene and battle sequences that actually make sense and build the story even further. So that's enough on the Rings of Power. Let's state now they haven't taken a shot on Tolkien's grave. It is a good show so far And I hope you enjoy as much as I I had the first two episodes I went in with thinking that oh, no, what are they going to do? They're gonna ruin one of my favorite universes my favorite laws they haven't it's okay keep hopes up guys and on that would so apart from that what I do want to talk about, one of the reasons why I skipped last week's episode, is because at the moment I am, and I may have mentioned this in previous podcasts, is that I'm currently looking for an apartment at the moment, and it's turned out to be one of the most difficult, stressful things I've done in a while. Uh, they do say that house hunting and, and selling a house or, or finding a house is one of the most stressful things you can do. I totally understand why now, I didn't realise how competitive the market is right now, Uh You know, I'm lucky enough where my finances, because of this new role that I'm going to, uh, are pretty flexible and that I have a little bit of a range. But what I do find is that the ones that you do want, the really good ones, they get snapped up real quick. Thankfully, uh, I am, until I start this new role, I have been able to just zoom off the different viewings. Uh one thing you don't think about when you live in the middle of nowhere and you have to travel elsewhere is the amount of time you're going to be using uh, traveling. So one of the things that I have been doing a lot recently, it's been I've been even more reading than I usually do. And when you are going to viewings, it's literally like 15 minutes. So you'll travel for me for like three hours to a place uh, and then you're there for 15 minutes. So I always incorporate some sort of visiting a gym, getting a haircut or something, or, or, or going out for a meal to incorporate, to make some sort of day out of it. Uh, I don't know how people would normally do it if they're in the middle of nowhere and they're trying to do a job at the same time, which is what I'm going to have to do starting from next week. Uh, and if this viewing that I've got up and coming doesn't work out and I don't find a place uh, pretty ASAP, uh, it could become even more difficult than it already is, because... I haven't been working and I haven't had to uh, book days off and stuff stuff along those lines. But house hunting, uh, I think it's going to get worse in terms of, not for me personally, but for for the market in general. The housing market went down for the first time in 10 years recently. uh, And the rent hasn't quite adapted to the lower demand in houses for buying. And so... There's a higher demand in rentals, I think. I've spoken to a few estate agents. That seems to be their, their general idea. But what do they really know, let's be honest. Like. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> it is good to be able to w- detect whether there's a bubble or not in the market. I think there's multiple bubbles. Uh, and one of those things at the moment is that when are they going to burst? I think it's a ticking time bomb. And it's going to be biblical when it pops. Uh, I think one thing i have realized since speaking to a few estate agents is the valuation of certain properties of certain places uh, i got i've recently heard a few valuations from friends from where i used to live and these like semi detached three bedroom houses worth 450,000 pounds if that doesn't say to you overvaluation i don't know what will like this is like it, it, when i heard that i was like oh my god the market is going to die like this is such an overvaluation of assets I haven't seen in my lifetime like genuinely I, the last time there was this sort of like overvaluation I was 12 years old Like it's, it's just not possible anyway I, I digress I shouldn't be going off on, on a rant there and and destroying the and saying the economy's gonna fall apart the sky's falling run for your lives everywhere for cover the sky is falling um no that's not what i'm here to do just make sure you got your arc and uh make sure you're financially literate which is what i wanted to talk to as well But that's something that i have been focusing on recently something that i have been really thinking about is that i haven't ever been taught how to read a balance sheet or had to be able to understand cash flow sheets or to be able to understand uh, an expenditure and income sheet uh until recently and so it's been really intriguing for me to be able to start the basics, understand what's an asset, what's a liability, understanding when I get income, it's from an employer normally. That's like how I've, from, for the majority of my life, I've received income mostly either through portfolio income or through, well, I should say like 10% portfolio income and then 90% from an employer. And what you realise is that that's actually really risky because you haven't allowed yourself to be able to find new ways of building up your your income from multiple sources, and therefore, if one of the if that source your only source goes, that's it. And it's I, it's made me really think about how we teach people in education, uh, rich dad poor dad. Again, I, I go on about this book, but I've been reading multiple of his books to be able to get a really good in, 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 insight as well but i haven't just been reading his series i've been reading uh financial accounting for dummies uh just because it's a good way of getting basics and understanding and then i've been reading uh my next door yeah the millionaire next door is a good way to be able to get a good percentage of the i wouldn't say the highest level of, of millionaire but they're millionaires uh, and how they've managed to be able to get to that place in the first place. And actually, if you want to be within the, the 1 million to 10 million mark, which for majority of people, they do want to be in that mark, it's actually, they make it sound a lot simpler than it you'd think in your head of how you got there. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the standard of living and how most people overspend. Uh, one of the most interesting things I read in the book was that uh, the majority of the millionaires don't have liabilities such as flashy cars flashy rolexes uh you know massive houses they live within their means and that to me is really really interesting because the first thing that we're taught growing up is that oh footballers they've got lamborghinis they've got big houses they've got flashy watches they've got really expensive clothes all of these sports personalities and actually it's not financially intelligent and it's it's really interesting now getting it from like this accounting like aspect uh and i know a few few people i know who are accounted so they're probably gonna if they listen to this could be like chris shut the fuck up like please stop shitting on my on my job and my role you're you're butchering this doesn't matter i think getting a general basic idea of of what you're doing is is the important part uh to me it's really interesting uh the side of analyzing how people become rich and who's actually rich in mindset and who's poor in mindset and will not probably keep their wealth uh, and there's a couple of footballers who have gone bankrupt and there's a lot of people who've won the lottery and gone bankrupt because they've got the poor man's mindset and not the rich man's mindset so it's it's fascinating stuff to me personally and it's little adjustments here and there And as I said in one of my previous podcasts, it's a learning game. It's just constant learning. I think one of the first things that I realised when a couple of years ago, probably in 2019, 2018, I had a realisation that even if I finished university, the rest of my life I would continuously have to learn. There would be no end to my learning. And it was this thought like, oh no, but also right, this is the learning that I wanted to learn. And it's up to me and it's solely down to me to be able to figure that out on my own without anyone else. And you may understand this in the sense that you go to school and you're wondering why you're learning about stuff that you don't really care about. And I do think that this is this old fashioned mindset of how we are educated and how we can educate the masses. I don't think the system that we have at the moment is the correct system for the majority of people. I think that it does say a lot when you look at the overall rich and highly wealthy people aren't normally the people who are getting A's and A stars. If you look at the top 1%, a lot of them are college dropouts. Not to say that you shouldn't get college ed- educated, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's very interesting to see that it isn't a necessarily correlation between being highly educated in school to meaning success so i do want to research this further on my own so i will continue to be progressing my own financial literacy as well as my own education uh doing more languages more reading more writing being able to understand my thought process a little bit better but also trying to criticize myself understand where my flaws are one of the things that i spoke about recently uh with with george was like the amount of times i was saying like in that conversation and it's it's a pause word that i'm trying to remove completely from my my brain but it does happen when i'm talking to other people it seems to be a, a when i'm talking to someone else i don't do what i'm doing now where i have this streamlined thought process there is no need for me to be able to think of what's coming next what's coming next what's coming next it is just here's what's going on and i don't think that some conversations Uh, I have found where it's easier for me to be able to think things through and there's others that we're just (laughs) fast. That's how it goes. And sometimes you're just having fun. Sometimes you're literally just so in the conversation, so linked in, so laughing. Like that's one of the things that I love talking to my friends is that I know I'm going to have a laugh. I'm going to have a laugh and it's going to be me like the guy from Goodwill Hunting sat there, sat in the chair (laughs) back. and that's the great thing when when you do see friends it should be fun and i have really really appreciated that recently is that you shouldn't be you you don't need to see people all the time but when you do see them if you're not having a laugh there's there's something wrong there and that's one thing that i've definitely narrowed in on is like don't take yourself too seriously. Make sure that your friends are checking you. One of my close friends uh, recently said, "Chris, have you checked the audio for the podcast recently?" And I, being solely focused on the YouTube side of things recently, did not. And I realised that the Zoom, like the Zoom call audio recording for the podcast, was a little bit off. And it's off. Um, compared to when i'm recording on this microphone for audacity for instance and so there's this annoying little echo uh that kind of ruins the listening for the mp3 file and people who are close friends who, who can give you the reality so big shout out to jordan green for that if he's listening big up my friend because uh, true friends also be can tell you the truth about something they don't just let you fall into a trap and allow you to fall even further down into the abyss of your own mistakes. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, I will fix that. What I have found is that if I try and match the audio, there's an option in my editor that will allow me to match the audio throughout the, the podcast. So I should be focusing on that next time I do a either edit with a... Uh, imaginary guests what you know those side of things where i'm doing clips and i will also be doing that when i have another guest on hopefully uh when i've moved out and into a new apartment new studio all of these things i shall have the opportunity to have more people in person and we will be not having these technical issues and that'll be down to me to be able to purchase some higher quality audio equipment from there so that's that's fun times ahead i'm really excited i think the podcast is really going to develop over the next couple of years because i will be able to put a lot of time on the weekends on it but also uh, i'll be able to focus on improving it for content quality for sound quality but also for the topics that we tackle because i've done 100 episodes now and i feel like i've tackled only the the surface of the giant iceberg that could be this podcast And there's so many other things to talk about. There's always an evolution of what is happening in life you know the world's currently in economic recession right now and my mind's constantly ticking about checking bloomberg checking wall street journal every day there's always something new going on there's always something uh, obviously a lot of it's focused on the negative but for me personally when i hear the i feel a sale basically when i hear the economic crash oh, i'm jacked i'm jacked to the And I love that. It's music to my ears. Uh, A lot of people don't think that at all. They're thinking, oh, God, my portfolio. But to me, it's like, ha ha, I've already sold all of it. Um, No, that's not what I should be saying. But what I should be uh, advising is also be very aware that even though the media does present a very negative side of things, there's loads of positives you can find from things. Uh, I did find that in the pandemic, I was looking really tough, you know, really hard for, for positive stuff and in today's society it seems like we haven't evolved from the pandemic and how the news style has been done and that monkeypox, anything negative china uh russia anything's just blurted out and, and and it seems constant in in turning people's minds to to mush and the reality is if you go outside which i do a lot uh is uh that that's doesn't really matter And the reality of the internet is that it is, as I've talked about in what it was like in COVID, is that you're in your own bubble. And what I have found is that if you speak to people, right, and you talk about topics that are in your head that you speak to your family about, and you speak to your, your work colleagues, but you don't see someone for a while, you may be surprised at how little of it is connecting with people because you've been in your own bubble and how the reality of the world, pops that bubble and makes you go, oh wow, right, people don't know about this. And then also there's the the option for you to go, oh wow, I didn't know about that. And you learn something new and it goes from there. I do think that there's a a very easy route to go down where you get into a uh, tunnel of feedback, feedback loop almost. Uh, And it doesn't matter whether it's negative or positive. I think the positive one's just as bad as the negative, and the negative as the positive. It is a constant loop, and therefore you need to be able to refresh, come out. One of the greatest things about this year for me was being able to travel, because it sparked up uh, my life into realizing, oh damn, like this is happening. Like my my lack of Spanish here makes me so dumb dumb. You know, I'd be dumb dumb in the Spanish world. <laughs> you know, and, and going to countries where uh, they've got different culture and you've got a different mindset and you have to put on your, you have to start thinking about things that you didn't really have to think about. And you have to whirl, your brain's actually having to use it for the the first time in a while. That's another thing, is that we live in this cruise control manner. 90% of us are living on this cruise control manner where we're cruising through life. And the reason why so many adults say, you know, yesterday I was 19 and today I'm 52, is because they're living that cruise control life. Now, I'm 27, right? And 19 doesn't feel like it was yesterday for me. 19 feels like it was a lifetime ago because I was getting stuff done. There's so much I've done in that period of time, so much. It doesn't feel like it was yesterday because I've been kicking ass and taking names. Now this isn't bragging, this is just me saying that if you're cruising through life, yes, you will get to 52 and feel like it was yesterday. Yes, you will be fucking 35 saying, oh, only yesterday I was 25. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Here's the thing. Life moves fast. But if you don't stop around, look one around every once in a while, like Ferris Bueller says in the movie, you it will feel like it was only yesterday. And that's what I've noticed about people, is that they're so glued into their same, 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 that it does go by fast. You know, for me as a kid, life went by fast because I was doing the same thing every day. I was going to school, school holidays, rinse, repeat, do that for, what is it, 18 years. Of course that felt like it went by fast because you were doing the same thing and it was cruise control. But from 19 to 27, completely different story. Some years felt like they were la- that last thing at one minute from for like... Our, well one month felt like it was lasting for lifetimes uh, and sometimes minutes were lasting for days and days were lasting for minutes it's it's funny actually when I go travelling there, there were those in between days where you don't have anything planned right and you've got just like 12 hours of doing nothing and you're either sat at the beach or you're in the city or you're in the jungle wherever you are and what I've found is that, to me personally, it felt like a lifetime. That day lasted for a lifetime. And I can think of the podcast that I was listening to at the time. And it did feel forever. And I think this is the thing. The moment you stop your regime, because regimes can be brilliant. I've talked about these a lot being able to get through life, some of the tougher times, you do need this regime to be able to help you to get through it, but also regimes can be negative, because they get you into that cruise control, and time starts zipping by, zipping by fast, and you don't really truly appreciate that time, and I don't want to, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to 60 and be like, Oh God, I've got so much more to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. I still haven't done any of this. Oh God. Ah! You know, you, you start panicking and you get to that point where you're thinking to yourself, but I'm going to be old and I'm not going to be able to do stuff at 70. Nah. Screw that. Get stuff done. You know, the amount of people who want to live their lives when they're retired or in the golden years. Golden years. Go. Gold. Oh, do, 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 do. love that go, go, George will appreciate that Golden Years, but David Bowie um, Whenever that song gets played it's a double edged sword for me because it's number one it's, also, it's an awesome Night's Tale reference but it's also a reminder to you that people live in this mindset that the golden years of life are going to be you know the best years they're going to be the ones where you've got the money you've got the pension you don't have to work anymore blah blah blah, blah 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 if that's your mindset you're already dead already because a man without dreams or sorry a man or woman or person without dreams is dead already and if you don't have that aspiration to go get them you you know You are going to cruise and you will get to 55 and say, damn, 19 was yesterday. Weren't those good times? (laughs) And let's take it down a notch on the podcast. So I've just ranted for a minute on on life and in general, you're probably like, Chris, didn't need to hear that. I'm in a very fragile state right now. (laughs) If you are, I'm so sorry. But if you're not, and that was a kick up the bum, bingo. Good for you. Keep it going. Remember each day i'm not a believer in religions right buddhism is the only one i could probably relate to on a, on a, on a, a, a solid scale uh, and that's because there is this lack of a god in it. but it does mean you have to appreciate life for what it is uh, and yes there is the reincarnation side of things but let's push that aside for a second and just say that this is the only life you're going to get Or maybe you can consider the Nietzsche side of things where your life is throughout eternity and every action you take is an action that you take and that any other action is lost throughout eternity. You could have taken it, but by not taking it, it is lost throughout eternity and that you would want to have taken it. So I think there's this great saying, isn't there, that it's better to regret doing than to not to to regret doing than to regret not doing because you can always look back and say yeah I did that thing but at least I did it if you haven't done it you'll look back and say damn I wish I'd done it it's a big one it's a big one anyway anyway apart from me nattering on life we've talked about the rings of power talked about the housing crisis and the housing competitiveness out there and how do you deal with that i didn't actually end on that what i do want to say on that is the only way you're really going to be get get a foot up is what i found is that you've just got to bring your a-game in terms of seeming like the nicest person the landlord or the estate agent's ever going to get basically and I've got a couple of callbacks saying you're the ideal person to come in and it hasn't suited me personally but I'd rather it be on my terms than be on their terms. Do you see what I mean? And you've got to be able to I mean I was sweating sweating, in jeans and a shirt when I was going to this viewing. It's not ideal at all but sometimes you have to do these mini sacrifices to be able to come off as somebody of uh, higher quality and stature you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway rings of power still watch it still fun i'm a po- I'm an optimist on that one by the way. uh the housing market it's competitive but it is achievable but i should probably preface that by saying you have to have some sort of money um yeah that's horrible to say but it is uh and then number three was time only goes by fast if you don't have things that you love and like a memorable for you within it and it has to be wanted and understood that time only goes by if you're trying to just cruise we're hustling to get what we want it's the only way Uh, one of the my favorite things that i do every sunday is i get to run and i get to post just a picture of that running picture because it reminds me consistently of how much I love doing what I I do. There's literally, no one cares. No one gives a fuck. That's fine. That's literally okay. Because for me, it's super meaningful. The words that I write are meaningful to me. It doesn't matter what other people think because it is up here. And that's super powerful because it allows you to continue and there are some things that you need a regiment for but other times you need to shake it up and look back and think glad i did that <laughs> so let's end on that positive there make those memories hope you already are if you are congratulations enjoy this beautiful thing we call life uh, and maybe i'll see you down the road sometime so this has been a Us tales podcast this has been chris's corner i've been your host chris taylor and as always I hope to see you this time, next week. Bye now.